Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Kublup campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 to 21, Paul writes to the church and he says, For this reason... I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. What are the most pressing issues in our lives? Because whatever is the most pressing issue, that's what we will direct our prayers to. Now let me start off by saying that I'm not against people having money and possessions. I have them myself. We work hard so we can gain material wealth. But if that's where our heart is, that's where our prayers will be directed. And so, what are the things that we pray for? Apparently, I'm going through a midlife crisis and I'm praying for a Harley Davidson. It's <laughs> there is united prayer. <laughs> And so when we pray, we pray for God to meet our needs. And as somebody said, but not our greeds. And as we direct our prayers, it's because what our hearts are full of that we will direct our prayers. Because those are the things that are most important for us. And so if the Apostle Paul, who's the author of the book of Ephesians, were to stand among us today, I wonder what he would pray. And I think that he would pray exactly the same prayer that was prayed 2,000 years ago. Because that what was on his heart would come out even to this day. And we know that prayer is the way we communicate with God. And so in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 to 23, uh, Paul prayed in his first prayer, and he prayed for the Ephesian church, and he says that they may come to know God's power. K-N-O-W. But there are two words for know. The one is gnosis, but the word that Paul uses here is epignosis, which is a compound word with a preposition epi, which means the very depth of knowing and understanding God through an experience. So not just knowing about God, knowing that there is somebody out there, but epignosis means knowing him intimately, this divine knowledge because of a relationship that results in an experience. The second prayer is the prayer that he prayed here in Ephesians chapter three, and that's to 
to be able to use the power that is available to us. To use the power that is available to us. Now, folk, you might know that Mount Everest is 29,000 feet, or, or meters in, sorry, 8,000 meters in the air. 8,000 meters in the air. In other words, in fact, to be totally exact, it's 8,848 meters in the air, eight kilometers up in the air. If you're flying an airplane, you know that it's 8,848 meters in the air. That's knowledge. Epignosis means you need to fly more than 8,848 meters in the air or else there'll be a rude awakening. Why am I saying that? Because we know about God, but Paul is saying, listen, I want you to know God intimately and now in this prayer to use his power to use his power. And folk, for, for some people it might be power to cast out demons and power to, to do miraculous things, and that is rightly so. But in this particular case, he's talking about power to live a life pleasing to God from a day-to-day basis. It starts off like that. 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. But when we know who's in the world, we need that power to be able to overcome he who is in the world. Not in our own strength, but in the strength that he gives us. And we know that when Paul prays, it's petitions for us. And he petitions as we petition. We come before God and by prayer we we touch the very throne of God. We don't manipulate God's hand, but we line up, like James 5 says, the prayer of a righteous person availeth much. And what that's talking about is we pray those things that are in line with the will of God. We pray those things that are in line with the will of God. I know, as well as Jonathan, that that Harley Davidson is not for him. (laughs) Or for me. (laughs) Because as we, as I certainly pray, I realize as I line up with the will of God in my life that that's not what he wants. He doesn't want me to, to allow the hair to blow through, or the wind to blow through my hair. And so, folk, there is a desire and there is a deep desire. It's not a deep desire. And so as I pray, it's lining up with the plan and purpose of God. And as we do that, we discover who God is. And as we discover who God is, we put that plan in motion. You see, we never stand alone when we're praying. And it makes sense through the Holy Spirit what we're to pray. We know that prayer is powerful. And Paul knew that. And hundreds have come to understand the importance of prayer. That great man, Martin Luther, had a friend, Myconius. In 1540, his personal assistant, Myconius, became sick. And Luther was really hurt by that. And he struggled with God why his assistant, Myconius, would not live long. And so Myconius writes to Martin Luther, the great reformist, and he says, I'm about to die, I'm sick. 
And Martin Luther, knowing that there is power in prayer, writes this brash letter back. And he says, I command you in the name of God to live because I still have need of you in the work of reforming the church. All right. The Lord will never let me hear that you are dead, but will permit you to survive me. For this I am praying. Imagine. For this I am praying. This is my will, he says, and my will be done because I seek only to glorify the name of God. You know what's interesting? Myconius lived another six years and died two months after Luther because he believed in the power of prayer. He believed in communicating with God and cutting through those barriers that often stop us. The power of prayer. Folk, we have the Parakletos, the Holy Spirit, the one who was given to us and promised to us in John chapter 14, the Parakletos, the one who comes parallel next to us and comforts and counsels us in good times and in bad times. We've also got the Paraclesis, this book that guides us. As we open it, God speaks through the Paraclesis and the Paracletos, this book and the Holy Spirit. And then we're able to encourage one another through all of that. So I want to share with you four simple petitions that come from this prayer. Number one, what did Paul pray? That God would grant us, according to his riches, to be strengthened with power through his Holy Spirit in the inner person. That we would have his strength that lives within us. And he says that it's not coming out of God's riches, but according to God's riches. And that word, uh, according, kata, means to come alongside and through and down from God. And so the strength that we get is not through coals or woolies or IGA, and we say, can we have $10 of Holy Spirit power, please? No, it doesn't happen. It's through the inner person that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit that will strengthen us from within. And he says, the inner person, the inner person. And that word inner so means within, our soul, our conscience, that only God can touch and change. That only God can touch and change. And that's through close communication with God. I often drive on, on the roads and, or drive all the time on the roads, but there are certain times where there is interference from the power lines. And that is a great message for me. What is interfering in my life so I can't hear the signal from God or the voice of God properly and effectively? Because I need to find myself a place that I can and clearly hear. So he can strengthen me. And we all need strength, folk. We all need strength. Strengthened from power for, to do great things. And the word power, we know, is the word dynami, where we get the English word dynamic or dynamite from. To be able to live a life that's pleasing to God, that we might be open to the things of God, that we might be uh, receptive to the things of God, that we might be able to bow down to the things of God, because God wants us strong. God wants us strong. He wants us to, uh, when we see him, to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. 
There are some people who say, I want to make it in the kingdom of God, even by the skin of my teeth. I just want to creep in there as long as I can just make it. What a shame. Reminds me of my corporal in the army in South Africa. First is first and second is nowhere. Come through with flying colors, dude. Come through with flying colors. Because God wants us to be strong. He wants us to leave a legacy behind that pleases his name. Not one day when we're gone, what a loser. <laughs> we're all winners in the kingdom of God. But my goodness, let's, let's show the power that's evident in the lives that we live. Because it's available to you and to me. We put into first gear. Secondly, verse 17, he talks that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. That word dwell, katakio, comes from two words, kata, according to, that it comes down, and oikos, which means house, a dwelling place. That he comes and he dwells within our lives. That he comes and dwells within us. Robert Munger in his book, My Heart, Christ's Home, pictures, he writes and he says, uh, Jesus enters the house and goes from room to room where he is surprised to find many things which he is uncomfortable about. He goes into the library of the mind and begins to clean up the trash found there. He replaces it with his word. He enters the dining room of the appetite and finds many sinful desires listed on a worldly menu. He replaces things like materialism and envy and pride and lust with humility, love, meekness, and the like. He enters the living room of the fellowship and there finds worldly companions and activities. In the workshop, only toys are being made. In the closet, many hidden sins are kept. Christ could only feel comfortable after he has cleansed my room. Only then could he settle down at the home. And folk, how does that happen? Through faith. Through faith. As we put our faith and trust in the person of who Christ is. Now one day he says, I, I am. Remember those I am statements in the Gospel of John? I, I am. His very personhood is what he wants us to put our faith and trust in. Because he is real. Like any relationship you enter into, it is real. It's not pie in the sky. That's not a genuine relationship. There was a young man who needed to go and study, and he needed a job while he was studying. And so as he did that, his mate was able to find him a job at the banana factory. So this man interviews him, and he says, young man, tell me about your life. This young man who was about to engage in uh, being a student to attain his degree needed that part-time job and said uh, to the boss who was about to give him the job, and he said to him, sir, I want to go and study, and in uh, part-time, I'd like to work, and then one day when I'm finished, I want to commit myself to the things of God. The man said, do you believe in Jesus? The guy said, yes, sir, I do. He said, well, I can't give you that job because you'll give your heart to Jesus rather than your heart to this banana factory. Now that is an illustration where our heart lies. I'm not saying we shouldn't have a job and commit ourselves to the job, but where does our heart lie? Because that's how we'll communicate to God or not. See, he wants us to be rooted in him. 
which leads me to point number three. Verse 17, Paul prays that we're being rooted and grounded in love. Being rooted and grounded in love. That word uh, rooted, rizzo, means to be strengthened with roots. Our roots go deep down. Our first two years were in Darwin. Coming from Johannesburg, we went straight to Darwin. And uh, there was a cyclone in February 2011 that came through. We buckled down and the next morning I drove from our home to the church I was pastoring and I saw these massive trees that had just fallen over. Massive trees, just fallen over. Because Darwin is so wet and humid, those roots don't need to go far to get water. So when difficulty or a strong wind comes, certainly that cyclone, it just pushes it over because those roots are not going deep down in the ground to find water. And Paul is saying that you might be rooted deep down, deep down in the things of God, not this airy-fairy relationship. You're okay, mate. You'll be all right. No, to be totally dependent on God. Rooted and grounded. Thamelio means foundation, a solid foundation. So when difficulties come, it doesn't get blown over. So in the love of God, the word love there, you know that there's four Greek words for love. Three are used in the New Testament. The word he uses there is agapi, which is that superior love. That superior, in the love of God, because it runs deep. It runs deep. You know, and Paul prays that we might experience that love. Look, I don't know your background, but there is nothing on this earth that can, that can ever match the love of God. For you and for me. Family can let us down. Friends can let us down. People can let us down. But God and his love will never let us down. His love is not spasmodic and temperamental. His love is genuine. His love is solid like that foundation. It's eternal. It's for all humans and all nations. It covers a multitude of sins. There is nothing that God cannot forgive because of his love. It's like a father and the kid comes and says, Dad, I'm sorry. Mom, I'm sorry. That parent does not say, no, you're not good enough. They take us in their arms and they hug us and they say, I'm so glad you came. What took you so long? That's the love of God. Paul says that you might be rooted and grounded in that love. That we might be able to experience, not pie in the sky, but the deep love of God in our lives. Often we don't understand it. Often we don't understand it. So, he talks about that love that which surpasses knowledge, that it's, it's more. And folk, the only way, you know, I can try and understand the love of God is through three words. You need to learn these. It's the word wow. The second one is wow. <laughs> and the third one is wow. This love that surpasses knowledge. Wow, wow, wow. There's a picture of a little boy, or like a little clip of a little boy, and the, for the first time, they give him bacon to eat. And he goes, oh, and he goes, bagel. 
Pego. Pego. And you just feel that this little kid loves bacon. <laughs> Excuse the illustration. But you know what I'm talking about? The love of God that moves beyond us that we cannot even explain it. But the word wow explains it so well. Somebody wrote a poem and said, could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made where every stalk on earth a quail and every man a scribe by trade to write the love of God above would drain the oceans dry nor could the scroll contain the whole though stretched from sky to sky. The love of God which surpasses knowledge. Fourthly and in closing, he talks about being filled with the fullness of God. Being filled with the fullness of God. Point number four there. In verse 19. Says that we might be uh, filled. That, you know, God doesn't want to just fill us. He wants to cram it in. He wants to allow it to overflow. You see, the reason for that filling is the overflow. So he just doesn't want to just fill us up, but he wants us to overflow so we might be satisfied. Satisfied and more than satisfied. He's praying that we might be filled with God and the fullness of God. That fullness uh, is connected to be filled, you know, because it talks about abundance. It talks about a ship with sailors and, and goods on it that takes you from one place to another because of experience. It's not a stagnant flowing. You see, when Christ dwells, dwells within us, we are able to be satisfied with him. Although we won't understand all the details, we'll be satisfied with him. We'll be able to be satisfied and it will come out through the fruit of the Spirit. Those nine fruit that we live out. And so, that power is within us. Those four petitions that Paul prayed are beyond our reach. But it's only as we tap in to the things of God. And unless God intervenes to reach out to you and to me, we're in a difficult place. We're in a difficult place. And he writes there in verse 20 and 21, Now to him who is able... The word able there is the same word for power. Now to him who is powerful, dinami is the word, the one who can make it happen and it's possible for him to make it happen because he is the only one that is capable to allow it to happen in us. To do, Paul writes, which means to cause it to happen. It's the word, P-O means it, it you know, it's like pressure that, that when, you, when there's pressure, you've got to cut, make a little incision for it to be released. God wants to release that power in you and in me. The power to live lives pleasing to him. That when people look at us, they go, there is something strange about you. His name is Jesus. Not only to do, but beyond, exceeding, furthermore, superior is what that word means. Beyond what we can think beyond what we can ask, beyond what we can call for or crave or desire in our thinking. As we ponder on the goodness of God, there is so much more that is available. So the question I have to ask myself 
as I ask you, am I thirsty for the things of God? Am I longing for the things of God? There's a beautiful picture there of the ring nebula. The ring nebula. Let me read you this. The ring nebula in the constellation Lyra looks through binoculars like a smoke ring. It's a star in the process of exploding. Light from explosion first reaching the earth in 1054. It was a supernova then and so bright it shone in the daytime. Now it's not so bright, but it's still exploding. It expands at the rate of 70 million miles a day. It is interesting to look through binoculars at something expanding 70 million miles a day. It does not budge. Its apparent size does not increase. Photographs of the ring nebula take 15 years, taken 15 years ago seem identical to photographs of it taken yesterday. Huge happenings are not always visible to the naked eye, especially in the spiritual realm. How often it is that the nebula resembles the process of prayer. Sometimes we pray and pray and seemingly see no change in the situation. But that's only true from our perspective. God is at work. If we could see from heaven's standpoint, we'd know all that God is doing and intend to do in our lives. We'd see God working in hearts in ways we cannot know. We would see God orchestrating circumstances that we know nothing about. We would see a galaxy of details being set in place for the moment when God brings the answer to fulfillment. God is able. As you sit here this morning, we're about to have communion together. I want to read you a verse. It's Ephesians 5.18. Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit. But be filled with the Spirit. Folk, when you are full of wine, it, you overflow onto debauchery. When you're full of the Spirit, you overflow, in verse 19, you speak to one another in, one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Why? Because that's what the power of God allows us to overflow in. As we have communion together, we know that this bread represents the body of Christ. We know that the cup or the juice represents the blood of Christ. These are symbols that draw us closer and closer to Christ. His body that was given for you and for me on the cross. His blood that was shed freely to forgive us of our sins. But Lord, but it doesn't stop there. Because Jesus died, but he rose again. And you and I have that resurrection power that is available to you and to me. Excuse the illustration. Don't try and live life in third or fifth gear. Live life and pull off and be strengthened by pulling off in first gear or else you're not gonna go anywhere. The sad part that this lady who was a learner's license driver, God bless her, didn't even know that. 
as we live our lives, he fills us with his power that we might live lives that are pleasing to him. Don't get drunk on wine that leads to debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. I don't fill you, we don't fill one another. It is he who fills us. As we come to him, he's able to fill us. Let's pray together. Father, like that ring nebula, we don't understand, but we know that it's growing and great things are happening. Lord, spiritually, we know that you're at work in our lives and in the lives of those around us. May that, even if they're family or friends, Lord, we put our hope and trust in you. But this morning, Lord, as we eat of this bread and drink of this juice, we pray, Lord, that we'll be reconciled so much to you that you'll fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit that we might live lives that are pleasing to you, Lord, and that we might do what is right in your kingdom. Thank you for your body. Thank you for your blood. Lord, thank you for your resurrection power that is available to us. Be glorified. Be exalted. Be made famous, Lord. And pour your power over us, Lord, through your Holy Spirit, that we might be great testimonies in your kingdom. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.